Hello and welcome to Into Your Life podcast. I'm Lenka and I'm joined here by my wonderful co-host Natalie. Hi, we invite you to join our weekly conversations about finding more life in one's life. Well, what does it actually mean? We have discussions with guests about ways to live happier, healthier and more fulfilling lives, both personally and professionally. That sounds great. Let's go. I'm so excited to introduce another wonderful guest. And today we have amazing Magda Tabak with us. Magda is a certified trainer in the process communication model and a neuro mindfulness master practitioner. And what we are here today to talk about is the connection between neuroscience and stress and using all her skills to help people overcome and manage their stress better. So Magda, welcome and tell people a little bit more about you know, what these titles that I just read actually mean and what do you do, how you help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I would like to say thank you, Lenka and Natalie. I'm very happy to be here and I'm very grateful for the invitation. And uh, yes, a few words about about me and what I do. It is a mouthful, <laughs> what, what I do, but I'll explain it. So um, uh, process communication model, the trainer, the training that I, um, I deliver most of my uh, professional uh, uh, time, you know, uh, life is is a training based on psychology has been developed by an american psychologist called Tabby keller and has been used by nasa by already for more than 40 years and it talks about communication and stress management and you will see in my experience in, in my past like a, a common thread stress management is something that uh, that is really a passion for me and this is how it also started uh my my interest for neuroscience because I have been reading a lot on psychology, especially after I got certified in the in the process communication model PCM to make it shorter, um, because it has a lot to, to do with psychology. I read a lot about it. Uh, so, and then I was starting to read books that made the connection between psychology and neuroscience. And then I started to listen to podcasts about neuroscience. And Lenka, I know that you are also listening to a, a Huberman Lab. No, I've seen a yeah, I've seen a post of yours. Yes, I love that one. It goes a bit deep and sometimes a bit technical. You know, sometimes I need to rewind, uh, listen again. Okay, what's that? Okay, let me search uh, in simpler words. But it's a it's a very good one. So, uh, before the 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 podcast, I I had started my uh, my collaboration with the Neuro Mindfulness Institute, and I I took part in some really nice uh, retreats that combine yoga and neuroscience and those were amazing and then they created uh, several courses on uh, applied neuro uh, neuroscience and they they combine it with mindfulness practices so that's why the neuro mindfulness uh, in in my um, yeah accreditations so i've done several courses with them always you know like the the little rat reading books in the not eating but reading them and uh, you know doing all the courses and then I've done another certification uh, with the the Neuroscience Academy uh, which is an online academy created by Dr. Sarah McKay in Australia so I've been I've been learning a lot and what I discovered is that for me it really helps when things are put simple, like in day-to-day words. Otherwise, I, I lose them, you know. And talking to people, I realize that I'm not the only one. So that was kind of my, my um, I know, purpose in working with neuroscience. Let me try to use the simplest words, the simplest examples. Sometimes some of them might not be the, the newest, the you know, the latest uh, neuroscience discoveries. But if they are too complicated to use them in your day-to-day life, then for me, they don't have so much value. Of course, they have a lot of value for the people who study and develop, you know, like um, uh, the, the science, the treatments based on them. But for me, for my simple day-to-day application, they need to be very simple. And that's how my passion for simple neuroscience has appeared. And that's how then I started. Um, I wrote a, a very short book, uh, 52 pages on the neuroscience of stress with Bookbun. They do very short books, you know, to be applicable and to be able to read it in two hours and get some practical advice from there. 
And because it was so well received, I then constructed a, an online course uh, pre-recorded also on the neuroscience of stress. So I, yeah, it's it's part of my life now and I'm I'm happy about that. I wish I would have got to know all this information earlier because in my previous professional life, when I was in a, a corporate employee for 12 years, the, the last year I was actually in burnout the whole year. And um, yeah, you know, afterwards all the, the, the impact on my health, I could feel that. So I wish I would have known it earlier, um, all the things that I know now, but in, in the end, now I have a mission to make that known to as many people as possible, because we can do something about that. So a very short and actually not so short introduction about me. <laughs> I love it. And I love that you're bringing the simplicity to topics that can be very complex. Yes. Neuroscience is such a wonderful area that it's becoming so much more popular. And as you said, there's so much more new science coming out and in combination with psychology and anthropology and other sciences, there is so much that we could be applying to our lives but getting to the simple, applicable, easy actions that we can all take on board. I think that's the challenge that lots of scientists now need to learn how to overcome. So yeah. with your specialty being simplifying things, could we start by simply explaining what stress is in terms of is stress good or is stress bad? Because we mm -hmm. are looking mainly at stress management as stress being something bad. Yeah. But from neuroscience, we also know that stress is just an innate reaction of our body that keeps us alive and stress can be good. So mm -hmm. in your experience, could you explain what stress is as simply as possible? Yeah, yeah, of course. And what you also mentioned, I think it, it's it's a very good definition of stress. And the definition that I normally use is the one that I learned in the uh, neuromindfulness courses. And they say that stress is an um, adaptive answer to something that our brain, we have learned in the past, uh, to see as threatening, as negative. Yeah, so it's it's our body's method of reacting to us uh, to a threat, to a challenge. Um, yeah, so a physical or psychological barrier. That's it. If we think uh, as an example, I, I like to give this example in our early childhood, for example, we we learn a lot of important lessons. Yeah. So, for example, when we put uh, our finger on something that burns us, yeah, that's going to be a stressful moment. And our body, because of, it feels, you know, the, the reaction, the brain says, okay, take your finger from there. It will learn, yeah, in the future, not to put the finger there on that, uh, on you know, on that hot uh, surface. And that already, when, when the child is going to get close to that surface again, the brain will already recognize that. Yeah, it will already be be ingrained in, 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 uh, in the memory. Do not get close to that. That's already a, a stress uh, response. About it being good or bad, exactly. It can be good and it can be bad. In the end, stress is life, you know, because yeah, we are exposed to stress. We evolve, we grow. Um, the the problem with our society and especially the the workplace and what happened to me also during my year of uh, burnout um, is that we tend to believe that uh, we are immortal. That uh, you know, if we if we are paid, we should do the job. It doesn't matter if we don't have a break or if the job is unfit for our level of knowledge or for our motivations. So, yeah, we 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 tend to spend too much time in the in the um, zone that I call the distress. I don't call it. It's called the distress zone. Yeah. So there is the the stress that. Um, motivates us and up to a certain level it's actually um, you know it's a pleasure for us to, to do that kind of activity yeah? if it's a bit of a challenge it's something that we like to do uh, there are some some studies and I've, I've read in uh, Stephen Kotler's book The Rise of the Superman he mentions uh, that you know if a challenge that we are facing it's about four percent more difficult than our current level then that will give us that perfect you know, um, amount of stress, you know, it will be the EU stress, which is the positive stress, the stress that, uh, you know, is the optimal 
uh, amount of stress that uh, leads to the um, uh, secretion of uh, dopamine. Yeah. So when we are in that kind of, uh, of situation, we experience pleasure and motivation. And I, I experience that when I deliver my trainings, be it on a process communication model or neuroscience related. It's I know that I want to do my best. It's an area that I'm comfortable with, but I know I can always get better. So I just love when people come with uh, questions that I haven't thought about, you know, and I get the chance to combine the information in the background and then people make other connections. So it's nice. It's motivating. I, I feel the. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't feel the dopamine, you know, bursting, but this is kind of, you know, that, yes, I love this. I can do this. So that's the, the positive stress. That's the creative stress. That's the, you know, the one that we want to have as much as possible in our lives. But then it goes, you know, to the to the other area where it's too much for too long. Yeah, we can stay in this 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 stress, you know, for for a period of time. Let's say if I'm if I work in retail and um, I know Easter, yeah, is coming or or uh, Black Friday, there's going to be a, a period when I'm going to be there a hundred percent, yeah, and very tired. But it's okay as long as it's a few days, a week, not too much. It's a it's a it's an issue for our body when that stress goes on for too long of a period because then we talk about cortisol and later on adrenaline being you know present in our bodies and this for too long a uh, period it's it's not it's not good, yeah. So from a state where of being awake and active you know and uh, motivated then we go to to um, the um, how do you say a phase where our productivity decreases, uh, and then you know we cannot think straight. Our um, our results are going to suffer, but even worse, our immunity is affected, and that's what I experienced in that year. I didn't experience it on the spot, though I was not able to sleep, etc. I had some elements, but later on, like a year later, I I I got a serious disease, yeah, because my body had been experienced, uh, experiencing stress for a long period of time, and that impacted the, the immune system. So it's good to learn those lessons before, yeah, from other people, because yes, some people love the stress and, you know, the, 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 the tension, but it's good for limited periods of time. So that's about, you know, the positive side and the toxic side of stress. I love this explanation because it really shows that on a biological level, stress is important. As you said, it triggers our immune system. It really keeps us healthy and safe from, you know, intruders and from bacteria and viruses and all the things that want to tackle us. But on the long-term scale, if the stress is too much to handle, if it's too big of a pressure, then obviously we can crack under the pressure. We can really... Uh, the stress can be the completely taking us down. And what we are in society experiencing the most is the chronic stress. It's the ongoing elevation of our stress. It's the ongoing pressure coming at us from every single side yes. and always kind of keeping our immunity up, keeping our alertness up, keeping our, as you said, you know, hormones and chemicals, our adrenaline, our cortisol levels and all those things, keeping them up and up and up to the point of where we either yeah, burn out, we get serious physical illness because the body is yeah. like, I can't handle that. Yeah. So as an expert in stress management then, can we start looking into what can we do practically to, when we recognize that either we are currently in a period of chronic stress, or we've mm -hmm. been there in the past, or we really want just a prevention to make sure we're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that we can start learning about and implementing into our daily routines to manage stressful situations mm -hmm. and stressful lifestyle better? Yeah, yeah, of course. There are, of course, several things that we can do. And I always recommend find the things that feel good for you and that you can do and that you can keep and, and create um, habits out of them because those are the ones that are going to help you. I've tried several of them, you know, like <laughs> many of them I gave up on. They were just not for me. Yeah. So, but it's important to see what works for us. So how I, I learned to, to kind of... Um, uh, structure these strategies are uh, in three 
three categories. The first ones are the ones focused on the on the body, yeah, what we can do uh, with our body, using our body, then with our mind, and then when we look at our environment. So um, I would give just some examples for each of them. For example, for for the body. Sleeping is one of the best things we can do for for it. I know that sometimes we we cannot sleep. Yeah, it's um, I, I experience also insomnia for for months and months, and that is one of the worst things that uh, we can go through. But if we can, then I strongly recommend uh, at least eight hours a night. Yeah, seven if you don't have a choice. That idea of oh, I can do with four hours per night and I'm I'm good. Mm, there are studies showing that in a few decades you're not going to be so good. I read um, um, the book. Let me try to remember it. Um, Why we sleep, uh, Matthew Walker, and it scared me. So <laughs> reading them, I was like, oh my god, this is oh shit. I need to say excuse my French, but I <laughs> like my conclusion. I really need to sleep. I really need to sleep a lot better and to be aware of the importance of sleep. Because I was like, ah, let me not sleep so long. I have so many things to do. Well, I learned from that book, and I I strongly recommend everybody to to read or listen to that book. It just it's just so important. It, the sleep is when our brain cleans itself, does the you know all the maintenance job, and it only happens when we sleep. And if we don't give our brains the chance to do that, then all those toxical residues will remain in our brain, and that will lead to several diseases later on in life. Also, during sleep, our brain uh, our brains clean kind of the the emotional charge. Uh, that we 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 felt during the previous day so if I was annoyed you know and I was full of cortisol and adrenaline because I was really annoyed that I know a colleague at work or something very difficult that I went through through in in my in my day during sleep the brain disconnects yeah so there's no adrenaline there's no cortisol being active so it, it kind of it 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 takes away the the emotional print of a memory if uh, when we sleep uh, Matthew Walker explains that a lot better with a lot more you know scientific wording but I remember as I said the simple things yeah it it just takes away the emotional charge and it's like um, I have um, I have read somewhere that uh, sleep is free therapy it might have been also in his book but this is how it is when you take away the emotional charge of, of memories and that's why sometimes we say let me get a, a good night's sleep and I'll think about this problem in the morning because our brain will have processed a lot during the night. So sleep, yes, please. If we cannot, then we need to find ways to do that. And Matthew Walker does give some, some uh, recommendation, whatever works. There are several uh, strategies. We need to try to bring sleep in our lives more than maybe uh, yeah, we did before and to understand it is really important. Then another element that I would say from the body perspective, uh, breathing. That is something that I, I must say I use um, quite a lot and it's uh, it's very comfortable. I, I That I can control more than I can control my sleep, let's say. And I bet you know about the, the, the breathing, you know, with um, uh, four time um, uh, breathing, keep the, the breath for four, uh, four counts and then exhale for eight times. So and uh, the idea is to just to exhale on double time versus the inhale. And um, to do all this through the nose, because there's in that only through the nose, when we breathe out, we actually get to calm ourselves. And what I use, so I use this, um, this type of breathing like 10 times, this kind of uh, breathing exercise works, uh, is the recommended minimum. And I... I use this even in meetings when, you know, there is a trigger, somebody or a situation triggers me. And before I start to react in a way that might not be very helpful, we know under stress, we sometimes we lose uh, our capacity to think logically and think about the results of our actions. I, I first breathe. And then I calm down and I, I can, you know, since the since reading Matthew Walker's uh, book, I actually bought myself one of these smart watches that uh, can also track my sleep. It can also track, you know, my uh, my blood pressure and the, the heartbeats per, per minute. And I, I tested actually with this uh, with this uh, watch 
how does it work with this um, this type of um, breathing and it, it really decreases you know the the blood pressure and um, yeah so this this is something that we can use on the spot you know the breathing but I do recommend making a practice out of it I know in the morning if we can go for a walk or just in front of, a, of our coffee because for me coffee you know first coffee and then anything else then this this is uh, something that uh, that we can do then um talking from the strategies that deal with the mind so what we can do with our mind one that i use a lot is uh emotion labeling yeah when we label our emotions we we bring presence in the moment and not in all those stories and you know things that we 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 go deep when we are stressed yeah when we are stressed we are not present anymore in the in the in the moment so when we label emotions, we bring, uh, that is a, a function of our prefrontal cortex and the labeling, the naming, the language. So we take uh, the, uh, we bring energy to that part of our brain that actually thinks logically, uh, um, has to do with morality, with empathy, with uh, long-term planning, with uh, decision-making, with all these things that make us the humans that we are. I call it a very cool gadget. Yeah, the, this uh, neocortex of ours is a very cool gadget, but uh, it gets tired very fast, so we need to use it carefully. But yeah, labeling emotions in the moment, you know, just stopping. For me, it, it feels sometimes when I'm really angry and stressed, I feel, you know, like a tremor in my body and the tension and, you know. So when I when I feel like that, I just Magda, stop stop okay breathe what are you feeling now and maybe the first answer like <laughs> something like that but then okay stop what are you feeling and then okay I can say I'm annoyed I think this is unfair I think uh, I know and whatever that that you know answer is it doesn't matter when you are present to your emotions their power over you decreases so then you know we bring power to that part of us that thinks you know and uh, and does doesn't do rush um acts so labeling emotion and there is um on the internet uh robert Lutschik, i think uh wheel of emotion so if anybody wants to search do a google uh, wheel of emotions there are various uh options that uh, one can find on the internet but i recommend the one with um more emotions present so it's a finer uh, division of, of emotions because I realize many of us we are not aware of all the nuances of emotions that we can feel so what I have done um, I printed it and I have it on my desk and sometimes when I go through you know more difficult or heavier emotion I'm looking at it and I I you know I, I put a dot on it and I sit with that emotion and and it helps it helps so that is emotion, uh, yeah, so the labeling of emotion. Um, something else that really helps, and it helped me um, also quite relatively recently, is um, cognitive um, reevaluation. you know? Like when we look at the situation that we are in and we try to see it from different perspectives. So what happened to me during the, the COVID pandemic at the beginning as a trainer, you know, I had a lot of sessions set in, uh, in front. It was finally um, my, my business was starting to take off. And just like that, they disappeared from my agenda. And I bet that's a very common, you know, situation that happened to, to many of us, especially in this area, coaching and training. So of course the 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 first reaction was like ah you know yelling and oh, what's happening ah, and of course being and I, I I let myself feel those emotions and being scared and you know fighting that it's unfair it was reality so how I could you know reevaluate and in a way put differently you know that situation I I thought okay. That means I have more time for something else. And in the end, this is how I, I've done. Uh, um, so all my, my uh, you know, the, the trainings that I, I have uh, participated in on neuroscience, most of them I took part in during this period that was, you know, freer for me. And, you know, in the end, it, it led to me discovering this whole new universe. 
you know, of uh, neuroscience applied to stress management because that was my my focus. Um, and out of that also, I discovered that we can actually deliver trainings online. Zoom works, Steam works. So thank God. And then I started to approach my, re-approach my clients and tell them, uh, give them this possibility. And then I even created, so for process communication model, I created um, a tradition. Now it is a tradition uh, to have open process communication workshops where anybody can sign up. And I did them online and I still do them. And it's already the third year and they are going very well. So out of the difficult situation and all of that annoyance and desperation, and really it was a very scary period at that time. After I yelled and I cried and I did that part, those are also important. I, I, I decided to think, what can I do about this? How can I look at this from a different perspective? And that's the, you know, cognitive reappraisal, reevaluation, putting things from a different perspective. How can I look at them in order to help me? So that, that's another strategy that really worked for me. And then I would say for um, environment, uh, when it comes to, uh, to environment, there are two strategies that I would uh, like to discuss. Um, creating a social support network and then taking care of really of our physical environment. So social support network, I don't think it needs a presentation uh, already, but I think we we all know we are social beings. Yeah, we, we love to be with people, even those of us who most of the times would prefer to be alone, we still feel lonely if we are not surrounded by people at times yeah maybe less than others but it's still it's a, it's a it's a vital need that we have because in the past in our you know all the examples that we give with the saber tooth tiger that kind of period in in that period of time we if we were alone that that meant death yeah that would have meant death for us because we were not protected by the group yeah alone we were in a in a lot more danger so for us having a group means safety. Our brain still records that as safety. So having a group um, of friends, of colleagues that you can talk, you can share, you can feel safe in, that really is important. And there was the um, um, a Harvard study, I don't remember exactly the name, but it's the longest study on um, um, that has been done, you know, on well-being and health. And one of the main uh, factors that led to people having a better life, you know, feeling better with their lives was the fact that they had a community, a, a support group. Um, so that is that is very important uh, to, to have. And then environment. I, I've been reading in these courses quite, quite a lot and it's something very interesting. Our brain feels safe if we are in an environment where there is green nature because that shows that there is abundance of food. Yeah, this is how the brain interprets it still. And then if we are somewhere high, you know, at a, at a higher level, because that's safety, because we can be aware of the, yeah, of the enemies if they come, even though in today's world, enemies look different. Yeah, but having something green and being at, at a certain height that gives the brain a sense of safety. And then also if there is a, uh, a flowing water, then that that's something else that helps the brain to feel safe again for the because it has abundance of things that it needs. So these are some of the strategies that uh, that can be useful. Of course, there are many many more. Of course, with the with the body, sport, whatever sport works for us. Yeah, when we do sport, uh, the 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 stress hormones in our body will will decrease their levels because then the the happiness hormones go up. Yeah, and they cannot go up. Uh, both of them so when the happiness hormones go up the stress hormones go down so stress it's a universal uh, stress management tool uh, there are many many more but these are some that really worked for me and I uh, tried them and tested them and uh, yeah I can strongly recommend them I love that you mentioned the Harvard study because I literally just finished reading the book the good mm -hmm. life okay the, one of the researchers who worked on it Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating to look at what they have been able to achieve with the 
Harvard kind of the longitudinal study of happiness. It's over, I think, a couple of generations by now. Yeah, it's the longest ever. And initially they started, of course, just with uh, male participants because at that time at Harvard, there were only male uh, students and then they extended it. Yeah, and it, it's I've been reading articles about it and wow, and the results that they, they got. I, I need to read that. So it's The, the Good Life, the, the book. Yeah, I need to the, the book, it's really lovely. It's quite easy to go through. And mm-hmm. it really looks at, obviously, the main takeaway from the study, which is the importance of relationships and communication. And they do go into quite helpful, practical tips on how to, you know, maintain relationships, be professional, be friendship, be romantic, overcome challenges. And it does go back to, you know, some little bit of a trauma and kind of because lots of the initial participants were at a time when they studied went to war came back had life so there is a beautiful example in these generations of all the challenges that life has to present all the stressors that Mm -hmm. you know we might not go directly to war but we do have war in today's day and age present we do have you know economic crashes we have pandemics we have things like that happening then on a big scale we do need a connection so i'm so happy that you brought this aspect of you know, overcoming stress and managing stress mm-hmm. in the conversation, which is the connections with others. And it's a topic that we, mm-hmm. we discuss quite often. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, if I may add, I discussed, you know, uh, until now from the neuroscience point point of view, but I could add a few ideas from the training that I deliver, process communication model, which, as I said, is based on psychology. So I would like to share a few ideas from there because I also, of course, I find it fascinating. I'm subjective. I love this training. I'm delivering it. You know, this is my life. So... Um, it talks a lot about about stress, but from a different perspective. Of course, there are m- many elements that bring stress uh, into our lives today. But one thing that PCM looks at is the if we cover or not our psychological needs. And depending on our, on our personality types, because PCM discusses uh, six uh, types of personality that we all have in us, uh, the thinker, persister, harmonizer, imaginer, rebel, and promoter. Each of them comes with a with a set of uh, strengths and characteristics and things that you know they bring to the table. And as I said, we all have in us. But each of these floors also has certain psychological needs that are very important and that charge our batteries. And when our batteries are charged you know, then we can transform any type of stress in the EU stress, in the positive stress. We can, we take it as a nice challenge and we adapt to it. So what PCM says that depending on certain, yeah, on on our personality profile, some of these psychological needs are going to be the most important for us in that phase of our lives because they can change in time. So I would invite you know you uh, both of you and also our listeners to to think when when I say what these psychological needs are to think where do you recognize yourself more and write them down and if you recognize yourself in those psychological needs meaning if you have those covered you feel good you feel motivated then make it a priority to take care of them, to cover them as much as possible, have them met as much as possible. So um, the the psychological needs that are connected to the thinker floor in each and one of us are the recognition of productive work. Think of that of uh, like a recognition of your competence and structure or time structure. Yeah, so recognition of uh, competence. Yeah, you've done a good job. You know, you you are being told that, you know, that idea really brought our project forward. Thank you for that. Or, you know, the the work that you have done was really efficient and I really appreciate that. Things like that. Yeah. Or time structure. You know, you have a schedule, a plan A, maybe a plan B. If, you know, life happens yeah, in workplace or at home, you find out people tell you if things change so you can design a plan C. You know, you like to have things planned and to be able to work through those plans. When plans go, you know, they they are destroyed, then that gives you a, um, a feeling of uncomfortable, of being uncomfortable and actually stresses you. So it helps to have people who are aware of that and they respect your schedule. And, you know, like they say, look, we have this meeting uh, schedule for half an hour. That's how long we're going to spend, even earlier if we can. Or 
I need to talk to you five minutes. When do you have time? Nothing's like, oh, I have five minutes. I need to talk to you right now, right now. Mm -mm, no, so because that, I, I bet that some people, you know, who have these needs would already feel a bit stressed when they hear this kind of uh, example because they remember situations in their life. Yeah. So if any of these needs are important to you, write them down and, you know, put them as a focus. Then the persistent flooring, each and one of us has psychological needs, recognition of convictions and recognition of principled work. Think of that as recognition of dedication, of the of commitment. You know, when I believe in something, I move mountains. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. So of course they want to hear and to be, you know, that they are being appreciated for that. And when it comes to recognition of convictions, people respect their convictions, their opinions. It doesn't mean that they need to do what, you know, they say, but they respect. They say, you know, I respect your idea, your opinion. I understand where, where where you're coming from. Thank you for sharing. And that's enough for them. So these are two. Then for the harmonizer floor, the needs are recognition of person and sensory needs. Recognition of person, I want to be liked for the person that I am with no connection to the work that I'm doing. I'm going to do a good work because I care about others and I don't want to impact them negatively, but I want to be seen as the human that I am. Yeah, to be um, recognized for the human, as I like to say in my trainings, for the human being and not so much for the human doing. Yeah, and then sensory needs, they want to have an environment that, you know, feels good to their senses. Then the imaginer needs solitude. And I bet we all know some people who don't function well if they don't spend time alone. This is how they function best. They get their solitude needs met and then they can, you know, go out and work with people. Then um, the rebel needs, we call it playful contact, but it's fun in the end. It's a joke, crack a joke with some colleagues at work, you know, watch some funny videos and then I can do the work, you know, and at first some, a bit of play and then I'll have energy to, to you know, to, to do the, the serious things. And then the promoter with a need for incidents. And we, we uh, describe that as um, a lot of exciting activities in a short period of time. We can also translate it through adrenaline. Yes, something exciting to do. And then they would love to be, in, you know, be, be given challenges. You know, that client, we've been trying to get that client for two years. You get it? The bonus is yours. Yeah, so things like that. So this is just another perspective of seeing thing, what motivates us. And what stresses us, because we might notice, and that's this is where my invitation comes, we might notice that when these needs are not met in a positive ways, we are going to start to do things that are not so constructive, actually, to have them met in negative ways. Yeah, and that's when the, the conflict behavior starts, some of us might start to micromanage, some of us might start to preach their opinions on others, uh, some of us might start to do silly mistakes that we wouldn't do otherwise, or we just withdraw and don't do things, or we blame people, or we manipulate. These are all defense mechanisms that we, we do when, when under stress. And the key to that, of getting out of that, is to cover our psychological needs. So if, I don't know, curiosity, Lenka or Natalie, did you recognize yourself in any of, the, of these needs that I, that I uh, presented? I did a little bit, and I, I, I'm a, a thinker as well as a, a introspect, so I like to look into it more and, and look deeper into what the needs are. And you, you've really just touched on that, which would be really great if we can share a link so that the audience, we can put it with the comments, and then the audience yes. can go and really have a look. But one of the things that, that I have noticed and and this is also something that comes in with the coaching but you've also mentioned it a couple of times is the awareness it's when we are more aware or have that awareness about ourselves who we are or our habits then we can start to find ways to decrease our stress or find ways to know like you mentioned, the psychological needs mm -hmm. is, okay, which of these needs aren't being met and how am I almost sabotaging myself because exactly. they're not being met? Yeah. But also having that awareness of what works for me. Yeah. I mean, it was great that you, you talked about sleep and I've read that book as well and we've had some guests talk about sleep as well and breath work and breathing. 
but it's it's having that awareness what works because not everything works for yeah, everybody yeah. in the same way and it's finding the right thing and it's it seems to be so correct me if I'm wrong if I'm on the right track here but when we are more self-aware and when we really start to know ourselves and to understand ourselves we are in a better position to decrease our stress levels the negative stress levels because as yeah. you mentioned we do need the, the good stress like you said yeah. stretching ourselves mm-hmm. learning something new putting ourselves forward especially if you're growing a business you've got to do things that must probably feel a bit uncomfortable which yeah. increases the stress levels but those are the good stress levels it's almost that excitement is like oh yeah. how can I do this can I do this yeah. so it's really important to to be aware of what works who you are and then what can you do to decrease the negative stress but find ways to maybe work with the positive stress true yes very true and i i I totally support this and yeah um when we find what works for us let's work with those things and it's fine if the fancy things that we'd want to do don't work for us like yoga mm, doesn't work for me or whatever it is and it's absolutely fine and yes once we have um i think it's important to try things Give, give them a chance and then we decide yeah it doesn't work for me it's a waste of time I couldn't stop myself thinking about the I don't know next meeting or whatever then okay it doesn't work for me so let's see what works for us because that's how it will be a very powerful um, you know, practice for us otherwise it's just something that sounds cool on the paper but it won't do anything for us and yes and yeah being aware and looking at us and you know seeing how we feel how we react to 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 the stressors and then to the things we do to decrease stress is the is the first step and also what i what i also tell my my participants to be kind to ourselves because i think we 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 um i know very much we we learn that no we should be able to do that and that and that and that and, and everything and who does that I mean, let let you know we are humans in the end, and if we are not kind to ourselves, we cannot guarantee that anybody else in our life is going to be kind and is going to understand our reality. And um, sometimes, because I had I had friends say, "No, I cannot do the yoga I wanted to do because I know it would be helpful, but I'm trying for three months and I'm." It's okay. It's not for you. Be kind to yourself. Don't push yourself to to want something or to do something that simply doesn't work at at that moment. And Another invitation that I always extend and to myself also and, and to my participants is to put the volume up for our internal cheerleader. So many of us put the volume up for our internal critic and for the critics in other people. And I know just because I say it is not going, we're not going to just change it like that. It takes a lot of, of practice, but maybe to stop ourselves and we come back to what you're saying, Natalie, about uh, being aware yeah and being present maybe to stop ourselves when we see that our internal thinking process puts us down to invite the cheerleader to to take the the floor and to tell us some things because sometimes we tend to be our worst enemies and uh, it it takes a lot of practice I still I still do that I, I I I realize after my internal critic has you know punched me three times in the face I stop and I okay Mm-hmm. okay I'll do better next time and I'm kind to myself afterwards so those are invitations a work in progress for me too I've been working with this for five years probably I'm going to work at this for the rest of my life but it's good to know that it helps and one of the the other things that you mentioned and of course I love this what you call the eternal critic and the eternal cheerleader I mean celebrating your wins is 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 very important with confidence and this is something that I talk a lot about and you also mentioned those shoulds Lenk and I often talk about shoulding all over yourself so it's great but one of the things that you also mentioned or you when you were talking about the your experience during the lockdowns and the COVID and actually going through the emotions consciously and becoming aware of of those negative emotions and working through them because quite often we are, 
quite odd. I say we, but it could just be me. But it's we we suppress our emotions. Yes. Oh, don't cry. Don't be such a sissy. Oh, Boys yeah. don't cry. Girls aren't strong. You know, yeah. all these cliches. But we also suppress our emotions. I mean, when we're building a business, it's, it is stressful. It's overwhelming. It can be frustrating. And it's, it's almost like we've got to be constantly positive in order to be better at life. But not everything is always positive. So we suppress our, dare I say, negative emotions, which are not mm. necessarily negative. Yeah, they're the sad. heavy ones. Yeah. It's okay to be sad. There's things mm. that happen in life that make us sad. Yeah. Being angry, it's, it's okay to be angry but it's not living constantly in those in those states. But mm. again, we can't always be happy and can't always be positive and, oh, yes, life is good, everything is good, meantime, because that, again, is not being aware of, of yourself. Yeah. So it was great that you actually almost gave us permission to go through those negative emotions because they are part of who we are that are part of our day-to-day -day routine or weekly routine not necessarily routine but just part of yeah. our experiences in in life yeah. and I'm thinking that when you suppress your emotions especially the and the the more negative emotions that can build your stress levels because you're not being true to yourself you're not yeah sitting there i'm not saying when you're angry go and punch somebody or when you're angry go and drive them over in your car i mean road rage i mean that is but that's yeah but when yeah. you're like okay i'm angry why am i why am i angry at that person for cutting me off exactly. or for that idiot who hooted yeah. when we're all standing in traffic and you're not gonna get anywhere exactly why am i so reacting like this yeah. and more just trying to have an understanding of it as opposed to getting onto your hooter and starting to flip somebody off or, or whatever it is and yes Lenka I know I'm always going down the dark violent side the South African me comes out but it can just be you get angry because somebody's late to get onto zoom or somebody is in networking is going on and on. it could be anything it could be yeah. a comment that you've seen on social media that can just make us upset or angry yeah. or yeah. whatever but then to actually sit and process it it's almost like okay why is this happening what what's what's going on so it's having that awareness of yeah. the negative emotions but yeah. working towards building your positive emotions so it's, yeah. it's bringing in your little cheerleader to come and yeah. get you going so it's yeah. quite interesting that you mentioned during the COVID is actually going through those emotions and allowing yourself to have all those yeah which yeah. then almost created that space for you to think okay now what now what can I do instead exactly. of just sitting in that negative spiral of fear and that what the fight flight freeze exactly yeah <laughs> and yeah so that's been really interesting because I would and I think I have said this is that would increase your stress levels if you're not aware of of yeah. why you are reacting in this in with this emotion. So yeah. your stress would would go exactly. up, wouldn't it? Exactly. And you know, it's it's actually um, another thing that I really like about process communication model. In the advanced seminar, we talk about the emotions that maybe we have not learned to exhibit in an authentic manner in our childhood so we go quite deep in in our childhood and we look have we learned to show sadness in a you know authentic manner fear uh belonging responsibility autonomy uh, and anger in an authentic manner because sometimes our parents or our carers with their best intention maybe they gave us the signals that of course, with our very limited framework of understanding of being just babies and toddlers, we understood that if we show that emotion, I will not be loved, so I will not be safe, so I will die. So it's better not to show that emotion. So many of us might show cover-up emotions, yeah, and the anger 
but the kind not the authentic kind of anger it's one of the most common cover-up emotion it's a, a cover-up emotion for when we feel fear or when we feel sadness and it's it is an invitation for us and i think it's a very powerful practice to sit with your emotions and to understand what is it behind this what is it but it might be the case also that we are we just don't recognize that emotion if in our childhood we did not we we felt it was not allowed to show it authentically so it's a it's um emotions are messengers that's what they tell us things yeah and uh, i also tend to use in my day-to-day uh, -day language negative and positive i learned that yeah they are just emotions yeah uh, but they are heavier and lighter emotions so um it is valuable to sit with them because as you you know as you said then the stress increases and also we, we somatize the heavy emotions we somatize them and they get then to certain diseases and there are studies showing that yeah that kind of emotion goes with that kind of disease and we are energy you know it, it transfers yeah it, it, it doesn't die it it will transfer and if it's stuck there it will show in our bodies so yes it will be um, a higher level of stress and if we don't inquire what's behind that we're just going to be angry and furious and and we're not going to know why so yeah sitting with our emotions and allowing ourselves to feel them or if we feel that we are stuck you know seeking help you know professional help therapist or coaching or whatever it is it's it can work miracles but because it can help us to 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 understand ourselves and it's fine just as you're saying it's fine to be angry you know I punch my pillows when something doesn't go well and I cannot have you know a constructive uh, assertive discussion with the person who made me angry I punch the pillows I, I yell I swear and then I, it's out of my system and I know I've been angry and it's okay to be angry my husband poor him he sometimes he gets the angry part of me without his fault because we tend to to also show it more often to the people we feel self, uh, safe with so but yeah work in progress also with me I, I I cannot always be authentic about my emotions but I try as much as I can mm. and again this is where that that self-awareness comes in and yes. it's it's about finding what works to help you to work through those emotions or to find ways that you can yeah. deal with them and you've, you've given us some fantastic tips and and of course you know we can talk hours I mean like mm -hmm. Lenka I'm also fascinated with neuroscience and I'm sure we could have you on here for hours and I'm sure we'll be bringing you on to dig deeper into other topics especially about the emotions but one thing that that we often ask our guests is, is there something that you would like to share that we haven't asked, you would like, you, you, there's this urge to share it, we haven't asked you the question, mm -hmm. uh, is there like a top tip or a thought or whatever it is, is there something that you would like to share before we sort of start to close off? Mm -hmm. I think there's just another tool that I use and I think it's um, it's very important to make us understand why we got to a point where we are, are stressed or triggered and I bet you know about it the scarf um, the scarf model uh, they are these are the five sensitive buttons that we all have and when they are pushed negatively they put us in stress just like that yeah, and when they are pushed positively, we want, it motivates us to go towards them. So uh, it's something that I use as an evaluation when I realize I'm really pissed or, you know, like annoyed or I'm sad. Or, and I say, okay, what happened? Let me see. Was any of these buttons pushed for me? And so scarf, it's from um, uh, status. Yeah, so how I, do I feel in, in relation with other people? Yeah, uh, see from certainty. Can I count? Can I make plans? Is, is my future safe? It's okay. A, uh, autonomy. Do I have the freedom to do what I want to do? R, relatedness. Yeah, how do I feel? Yeah, in my relations, do I feel like I I, I belong? Yeah, with these people, it's, uh, I, they feel familiar. Yeah, uh, relatedness. And F, fairness. 
Yeah. And um, there is even a, um, a test on the internet from the um, David, because uh, David Rock is the one who created the, the model. I think neuro leadership. And if you do the scarf test, because some of us react more or less to these buttons. Uh, I know that fairness is a, is a big one for me and relatedness. So those are my, my most important triggers. And it's simple because these are buttons that are universal for mammals, not just for humans. So I wanted to share this one because sometimes it just helps me when I find myself nervous and annoyed and I don't know why. And okay, so what button has been pushed? And we might find out that two or three of them have been pushed negatively. And that is, yeah. Uh, and it just, okay, so... Okay, so I'm feeling annoyed because that happened. Okay, it's okay. Yeah, so I breathe in, breathe out, and etc. So I I use it as a tool for self-awareness because it helps me to understand the cause. And then I add that, okay, label your emotion and sit with it. So I, I this is my powerful combo. Scarf, realize what button has been pushed negatively, and then label my emotion, sit with it, breathe if if needed. So that would be an yeah an advice and a, an invitation I would uh, share with anybody to see if it works for you. Because as we said, what doesn't work for me won't help me. Find what works for you. Thank you for that. That's really good. And uh, you've really simplified it, which is your mission to simplify. <laughs> yes. But it's, it's also, again, it really shows how important it is to have that self-awareness. And it's yeah. almost like be the more self-aware the more self -aware you are, the more you are able to decrease your stress levels. And it, it's, it almost, and I'm very much generalizing now. I appreciate this is not everybody, but it's almost like if you're not aware of what's going on, your stress levels will just increase, increase, increase. And yep. then you're sitting, yep. as you mentioned, in that burnout level, you just are getting ill and, and then get disease and just everything feels like it's going to collapse on you. So mm -hmm. it, it really does come down to, that self-awareness, not suppressing what is going on and really starting to have that understanding about who you are and, again, which buttons can, can be pushed because, obviously, yeah. yours and Lenka's buttons are very different to my own buttons yeah. and the yeah. way we react. One day we must really find with that button being pushed and say, yeah, no problem, you know, water for dogs, ducks back. And then the next day, it's where's that knife? I'm gonna, you know, stab you through the heart. Exactly. And just that's it. Exactly. We're done. So it it is really having that awareness. So yeah, comes down to almost just being aware yeah. of what's going on. Yeah. So thank you so much for for really sharing this. You've given us a lot of information. <laughs> We've got to really sit and and you know, sift through it. And I'm sure our guests will be pressing rewind a little bit to 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 get that in. But that's what it's all about. It's about the sharing of, of knowledge and experiences. And thank you so much. And if anybody wants to work further with you or or talk about the, the trainings that you do, where can they find you? Mm, so first, Thank you for having me here. And I really enjoyed the conversation too and the chance to, to share our experiences. And yes, if uh, anybody would want to, to find out more about me or work with me, I have my uh, website, magdatabak.com, on LinkedIn, magdatabak, Instagram, magdatabak. So it's my name all over the, <laughs> the place. Um, but yeah, I, I write a lot on my website. I, I started with it in 2018 and since then quite consistently I've been read, uh, writing about uh, PCM or neuroscience applied to our day-to-day -day life. I also um, send a newsletter every two weeks with the same subjects you know, and uh, same articles. And uh, yeah, for uh, uh, PCM trainings or anything related to applying neuroscience in very simple terms, uh, to our um, uh, to improve stress management, you know, in communication, I'd be more than happy to 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 talk to people about that. Thank you, and um, you must be very very busy because stress is something that has definitely been on the increase over the last, especially over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's again, difficult for me to say thank God because it's not a good thing, you know. <laughs> and so I'm I have mixed feelings, but yes, it. I, yeah, I have a lot of people to to work with, and but hopefully, yeah, 
yeah, we work together on, on this to reduce the problem, yeah. And it is about spreading the word. And this is something that um, Lenka and I are passionate about with this podcast is about sharing and spreading, spreading the word and just spreading knowledge to help and, and to uh, live life and have more in your life. So thank you very much. And of course, your links will all be in the in the comments so people can reach out to you. And um, again, thank you for being our wonderful guest today. Thank you very much for having me here, Natalie and Lenka. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed listening to our conversation, please share it with your friends and colleagues and don't forget to subscribe. We would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and write a short review.